Hello and welcome to Quarantine Good, the only podcast that looks at the activities you've gotten into over the course of quarantine and decides whether you should continue doing them in the future or throw that shit in the trash. My name is David Twighty. And I'm James Hamilton. We are the two guys who will be judging how you spend your time and helping you make shame-filled decisions moving forward. Uh, David, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm, uh, I'm very sleepy. How are you, James? I I feel like uh, we're recording this after a long weekend. I feel like that is the general consensus, or at least that's <laughs> how I feel. And so by general consensus, I mean both you and me feel that We've way. We've got a majority. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, we do have an incredible guest today. Uh, she is the host of the podcast, The Schaefer Shakedown. Uh, please welcome Sarah Schaefer. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sarah, thanks thanks for uh, joining the show. Thank you for having Appreciate me. Appreciate that you're here. Yeah. Uh, how has quarantine treated you? Um, I have been very fortunate in that um, my life was not destroyed. And That's what I you didn't want. die. <laughs> <laughs> and no one uh, that I know died. Um, so, A-OK. Um, <laughs> really checked all the boxes. Yeah, those are. I like that we live in a time where those are the box that we all have to check. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. clear. So, yeah. just off the top, that was good. Um, but you know, like everyone else, I had to rearrange my way of thinking about the entire world, um, and um, come to grips with reality of. How awful so many people are um <laughs> right but yes that's been tough um no um i i definitely had a lot of disappointments because of the pandemic um i had a book that i wrote came out last august oh wow and i had a whole book tour and then a stand-up tour after that was just gone um and even like right when the pandemic started um Literally, like, my day of starting it was March 12th. And I remember that day specifically because it was the day that my husband and I canceled our 10-year anniversary party, which was in lieu of a wedding. Oh, Um, oh, man. And it was supposed to be that weekend, and uh, we canceled it. So... (laughs) It was like... I That seems like a million years ago now. Really does. I mean, that was like when the when the pandemic started, that was like one of the most frustrating things about it was like having personal problems, <laughs> like being like, oh, OK, I can't really talk about this shit that much right now. Yeah, I, I think like now enough time has passed where everyone's like, OK, like, you know, this was tough for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, um, unless mm-hmm. you're some extreme wealth, wealthy person. <laughs> um, we don't necessarily <laughs> need to hear from billionaires about how it was hard for them. Um, especially if they made more profit, like record profit during the pandemic. Um, Jared Leto seemed to be making the most of it. Oh my God. His story (laughs) was so funny that he like (laughs) came out of like some, what, meditation retreat and didn't know what had happened. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like people made that joke enough where they were like oh i've been off twitter for you know 10 or a couple months did i miss anything that when they first posted that story about jared leto i was like there's no way that this is true yeah this is 
too <laughs> I mean, really intense. And, like, people kind of made fun of him for, like, oh, you didn't know there was a pandemic going on because it was happening. And it's like, no, there was a turning point where things escalated really quickly in the United States. From, yeah. like, are we? What's going on? To, like, two weeks later, like, <laughs> there being no toilet paper. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's extreme to like, because I've been in like, I went in the Grand Canyon for like um, eight days and, you know, it was no contact, you know, at all with the outside world. And so eight days, a lot can happen. You know, we, I remember when I did that, it was in 2018. um, We were like, what if Donald Trump is dead? Like when we get out, like how awesome would that be? You know, like something like right. that. There is a uh, a company called Blade, which is like Uber for helicopters. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I use it all the time. Yeah, we all we love we love Blade. Everybody loves Blade. Um, uh, well, right before the pandemic, I had written like a bunch of jokes about Blade. So I was watching. I just kind of like had followed them on Twitter because I'd written these jokes, and I watched, and they're response to all of this was to use their fleet of helicopters to take resources to very rich people on long Island, oh yeah like in the great Hamptons. good for them right? they were just like we gotta we gotta take care of our client base and i was like this is disgusting yeah. like even if you were gonna do this like maybe don't say yeah. it like it's just such a bad yeah. look unlike some industries the uh, on-call helicopter people are not gonna take getting killed by millennials lying down or whatever. <laughs> yeah Yes. Yeah. Um, Well, and so, Sarah, how are you feeling about, you know, exiting out of quarantine as, you know, are you being able to go back on a book tour? Um, Are you being able to reschedule any of these things? Yeah, there will never be a book tour probably for that book. Um, I think that's just gone now. Um, But, you know, I've been, I haven't performed stand-up yet. I've been trying to book shows and it's actually in LA kind of kind of slim pickings right now and like the whole scene has been disrupted a lot of the shows that existed before either aren't back yet or that's just unclear if they'll ever come back because like venues closed Mm. and like um if you know and it's a lot of people getting in touch with each other like do you know where i can perform i see people posting pictures of themselves performing but then i'll go well i've never even heard of this show or who the yeah, booker right. is. And so I feel like I'm yes. not that I was ever above hustling for spots. I always was someone who had to go out and ask for spots. Like it wasn't like I would get asked to do shows pretty regularly, but it wasn't like me turning down spots. You know, there would be times where I'm like, I've right. got to ask. I need stage time. So I, I have no um, <clears throat> pride about like being cold emailing someone that I've like seen that they have a show and been like, Hey, and now I'd never assume that they know my credits or anything like that. I'll, I'll just be like, hi, I found your, you know, no pressure, but I'd love to be considered for one of your spots. Here's my link to my, you know, comedy central half hour. Usually just saying that is enough to get on a yeah. show in LA. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to presume like I would never I used to book shows and have my own shows in LA. I mean, in New York. And so I know how annoying it is when someone reaches out to you with entitlement. Um, So I've been trying to get on shows and I have one road gig scheduled for September. So I'm just starting to try and get all that back, but I'm excited because um, I feel free 
in a way that I didn't before. I feel like, oh, I can just do whatever. There's no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I can start over with my material if I want. I can go back to old stuff. I don't give a shit. Like, there's a lot of stuff I don't care about anymore. <laughs> Well, I think, and then I'll think about, I'll think about running into certain people in the green room and I'll go, oh, that stuff. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. For me, it was the, the first time I sent an email asking, like kind of, you know, asking to be considered for a show where there was really a moment before I hit send where I was just like, ah, oh, am I really going to do this again? Really, <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that feeling. Like I, I just started last week, and I was like, "God damn it! I gotta, I gotta <laughs> ask for spots again. I gotta find out right. what they are. I gotta be cool." And one, one person, and God bless her. I mean, this, she's very young, um, seems very nice, and the show looks like you know younger comedian and meaning less experienced comedians than me doing her show. And I redid my email and. Her response was like, sure, but, you know, it really makes a difference if you come by. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh God. I was like, I'm too uh, yeah. old for that. Um, I got a bedtime. Yeah. I can't go to a show unless I'm on it. <laughs> but I will. I mean, who knows? Like, I, if I have a friend doing her show, I'll definitely go. Like, yeah. But <laughs> it's like, do I say no to that? <laughs> but, or what's the status anymore? It was like not knowing my status at all anymore. I feel like it's really sure. disrupted. Yeah. There's like a whole parallel scene that's been going on this entire time, like at least in New York City, where it's just like there are people who started during the pandemic and there are just dozens of them. And it's like, where, where the fuck did you guys go? Like, were you still moving here this whole time? I have like, uh, I haven't, I mean, I have a couple shows scheduled at this point, but I really have had uh, a hard time with like, like switching back into that hustle mode. And I know people who are already just full time back to like, got any spots this week? Where are you, where are you hanging out tonight? Like, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm, like, just trying to enjoy, like, seeing my friends again yeah. for a little bit before, like, plunging yeah, back into Yeah, it's a lot at shit. once. And, you know, last week was, um, I went and visited some family in Arizona. And uh, Arizona has been a little more lax with the rules with the pandemic. And so yeah. a little, yeah. they were, like, ahead of me in terms of we've eaten in a restaurant now and we've done these things. And so in one week I was, like, Eating in a restaurant um, without, a, like, taking the mask off inside somewhere, yeah. being around people uh, that aren't my direct, like, pod, like, inside yeah, yeah. with no mask. It, it was a lot of socializing. It was a lot at once. I was very tired after that trip. But I'm excited to see, like, what art comes out from all this. And I'm not talking about, like, art about the pandemic. I'm not sure I care as much about that or i mean i'd be curious what we what people come up with and i'm sure comedians a lot of comedians are doing jokes about this past year and stuff like that but like what this experience how it transforms people and they're in what they do in the world and like i think there will be a very creative time following this i hope well i think that's a that's a great uh, I set you intro right up. Into your <laughs> I know that's a, just a clear alley oop. Uh, I appreciate like, it. Move it along, uh, boys. No, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what was your quarantine activity that you're bringing today? Well, today I did a lot of stuff. I'm a hobby person. I've always had hobbies. 
Um, it's just part of my life uh, since I was born. And so I had no shortage of things to work on and do um, during the pandemic. But the thing I'll talk about today is I got really deep into making miniatures and dollhouse stuff. So mm. I've always been into miniatures. I have a miniature collection and I had a dollhouse growing up. Um, but during the, actually it was kind of in the later half of it. Um, I moved in October to a new place and, uh, here I had room and like the tools cause I, my landlord let me use their, one of their garages that has all these like tools and sandpaper and shit like that. And also combined with like not having as much space as my last place that I lived. Um, I had my dollhouse from growing up, which, which was huge. And, um, my whole intention of moving it out to LA was to fix it up and give it to someone. And oh. um, so I was like, it's time. We don't have room for it. And I have the, the place to work on it. So I renovated this shitty old dollhouse from the 80s, like really flimsy. It was an unfinished wood kit that my dad had built for me. Like this big Tudor three-story. It was like huge, like three feet tall by four feet wide, like just a very large thing. And it never, I never completed, I played with it a lot as a little girl, but I never like did the paint on the outside. Really. I never put shingles on the roof. And so it was kind of really beaten up and needed a lot of work. So I just took it under, uh, as a project when I moved here and I became obsessed. I mean, it really like overtook <laughs> me to the point where I would be like out there for like 12 hours and like, didn't want to stop. You know, I just, that's how wow. I am with things. I'll get so deep into it. I, it's hard for me to come out of it. It was very, and I like would post about it online. People were very like, I it was felt like something I was doing that was connecting to people. And I hadn't felt that in a while because I hadn't been performing and people seemed so enthusiastic about it. And I did like a little open house at the end and it was just really, really great. Well, then I was addicted. <laughs> and so now I'm like literally building a house from scratch. Um, and I did a miniature comedy club as a side project, which took about a month. And I just posted that a couple weeks ago. And that was like insane. Like it's so when I say miniature, it's like one inch scale. So that's, so if it, if it's one foot in real life, it's one inch in miniature scale. And I I've seen the comedy club. Yeah. It's very impressive. Yeah, yeah it's very it's cool. So cool. Uh, yeah, but it, just for people who haven't yeah. seen it, like the detail that is in this is incredible. Can you tell us like about some of the things that are in this comedy club? Yeah. So I started out with the idea of like, oh my god, I should do, I should do a comedy club. So it just started as one room, you know, with the brick I got, like I, the first thing I ordered online was like this embossed paper that's like, looks like real brick in miniature. It's just a slight 3D look to it. Um, it looks very real in miniature. And then I got a stool and a microphone and that's what I started with. And I made almost everything else. So it has tables, chairs, food. My friend made the food. It looks very real. I did headshots on the walls, which I made all by hand. Um, oh, man. And, like, wow. Photoshopped people's pictures down. Even put, like, 
an autograph on each one in Photoshop. <laughs> and they're people that you like, not because a lot of comedy clubs around the country you walk in and you're I like, know. Oh, that guy sucks. So I decided to do all, at first I was like, oh, I should do all women. But then I was like, that's not, mm. then it's a woman's comedy club. I was like, no, this is my comedy, my dream comedy club. <laughs> so it's all women and two men. Um, and the men are Jeff Dunham and Carrot Top <laughs> because, I, because like you said, you go into a club as a woman and some clubs you'll go in and it's all men on the walls, like the posters or the headshots yes. and you'll be scanning, looking for the woman. And then you see her and you're like, Oh, I'm not like that person. You, you know, a lot of people think she's funny, but I really don't, or I don't like her. Like, am I going to fit in here? And so I wanted to talk, have people talk about that reverse experience of what, what would a man feel like going in and like looking on the wall and then seeing the one guy and just being confused? <laughs> I mean, like, well, yeah. why is it him? What does it say about me? You know, like, um, and so it was very, but I felt so much pressure picking. I mean, I did 48 headshots and I felt oh, wow. like I was like leaving people out and like panicking. And so then I did festival <laughs> posters. Oh, so I also did a green room. And the green room is like the my favorite part of it because it has like all the little details that are so like a green room. And, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at the set list right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did uh, a little tiny set list. I did notes, a little notebook. I I made a miniature fridge with like Red Bulls and Lacroix in it. <laughs> um, oh. I made a neon sign. I I mean it really. I made the sofa. I mean, it was, I learned so much doing this. It was almost like a, um, a boot camp for miniature making. Like I really learned all these skills, even just the way you paint a wall in miniature is different than the way you would in, in real life, because you have to, you, you have to be mindful of like what tools and what types of materials you're using. Cause in miniature, any mistake will show up. And it'll go, oh, there's a giant paintbrush, you know, yeah. mark. And you can't, you don't want to see that in miniature and stuff like that. So. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You were talking about the the feedback that you were getting on social media, which is like, I mean, this is like extremely my kind of shit on Twitter. You got to have just people with interests in there to break things up like the 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 one of the most famous ones is probably that guy in England who grows the big vegetables. Uh, but, uh, but I was wondering, is there like a, is there like a, a online community of like mi people who are specifically oh, into miniatures yeah. that you've connected with? So yeah. there, I'm in like eight Facebook dollhouse groups. Um, and they're like strict, like they'll be like, there's rules, like what scale do you work in? You know, are you serious oh, wow. about miniatures? Like no trying to promote yourself in here. This is just to share information about miniatures. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got my, my miniature comedy club post got taken down in one of the groups because I said, if you want to see more, go to my Instagram and you're not allowed to do that. And I was like, Jesus. Um, 
Wow. But, uh, but what, what I find is that in miniature circles, there's a lot of miniature people on Instagram too, like, you know, but Facebook is really heavily dollhouse and miniature stuff because that's like where a lot of older people are. And I think like old ladies love dollhouses. These are my people. So, um, <laughs> but what I found is that dollhouse, when you say dollhouse, people think of one thing, but when you say diorama, that's male. So dollhouse is female oh. and diorama is male. That's what comes to people's mind because when you look up miniature diorama you're gonna get superhero stuff action figures steampunk <laughs> shit like and it's the same everyone's doing the same techniques and i made a crossfit gym yeah <laughs> i mean the world is your oyster i mean there was a woman who did a a, a one inch scale vi- old uh vhs like rental video store and it was perfect i mean like she really did that perfectly and like that kind of stuff it's like when you can get away from dollhouses you can do so many things in miniature that are like delightful to everyone and it isn't about dolls and little girl stuff which to me is annoying because it's like we we tend to think that stuff for girls and women is not as good even though the women the, the the and men the people doing dollhouses are incredible artists. I mean, it's like some of the work that people, there's a one guy who does doll, like they look like mansions in real life. Like you can't tell unless he puts like a hand in or a, a pair of scissors or something that it's not real, that it's not real sized. Um, and he sells his houses for like a hundred thousand dollars. Like they're, wow. they're just true works of art, you know? So I'm obsessed with this world and there's a lot of, there is some snobbery in the Facebook groups. You know, they'll be like, uh-huh. you know. There's always conflict. Yeah, there's, there's people who are like, <laughs> you know, I know people are really against gluing down items, but, you know. <laughs> like, And some people are like, I'm really against, you know, I know that there's people who they just decorate. We make our miniatures from scratch, you know. And there, you know, wow. it's some stuff. It's I mean, people go, they've got 3D printers, They've got, I mean, I'm like literally looking up like miniature table saws, like that are like the side, tabletop saw that you can use to like cut your wood perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the level of precision on these is, I I think that at least for me, the first time that I see, the first time that I saw your comedy club, the first time that I've ever seen a miniature, there's just like a kind of jaw dropping moment where you're like, how is this? Like so precise, you have you know, to be like, obsessed. How does this all look this way? Like the 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 headshots, yeah. I did the math. I did a lot of math on this project, but like I did the math on like what would an eight by ten in one inch scale? What would the measurement be? And it was like point eight three inches by point oh six 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 seven inches, and I measured tiny pieces of wood that were like smaller than matchsticks like really tiny wood to the exact length and then even did like miter cuts so that i could make like realistic i mean no one would even but that's the thing is that you wouldn't know from a distance that i had done that level of work but your eye would be able to tell it wasn't real if it wasn't exact right yeah it feels like comedy in that way where it's kind of like people don't necessarily know why it's good, but they know when it's not. Yeah, they go, that looks uh, like, wrong. 
You know, and, yes. and, like one of the things in miniature that's the hardest to do is anything involving fabric. So like curtains or bedspreads or sheets, pillows, things, because fabric in miniature uh, doesn't lay the same way because the weight and gravity isn't there. Right. And so you sure, have to do yeah. all these things. The curtains for the miniature comedy club were a fucking nightmare. I had to make them like three times. And I still, when I look at them, I get mad because they're not perfect in my mind. <laughs> but like I spent an hour in the, in Joanne fabrics, like touching every black fabric, being like, what would work best? And mm. you use wire and wood, un- you know, under it to make it look right. And um, that's one of the things that's a big tell when you look at dollhouse stuff online, when somebody posts like a bedroom and you see the bedspread and you're like, that just looks wrong. Are you wearing magnifying glasses like wh- how are you no and i know function- <laughs> yeah. i think some people might when they're doing really really tiny detail work they probably use some sort of magnifying like thing um but i you use tweezers a lot i've learned like learned all these little tools and stuff to like but you do have to have fine motor skills and so i you know if you don't have like somebody was when i posted it was like i'm I have a tremor in my hand. I would never be able to do that stuff. And I was like, shit. Right. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, you have to be someone who can handle the minute, I mean, really tedious, repetitive stuff that's like, make you like, like I would be sweating, <laughs> like trying to get two little things glued together and like screaming when it would fall apart. And like, you know, it could be very frustrating. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get that building Ikea furniture, yeah. and that's, like, designed to be able to, yeah. for me to be able to do Yeah, that. the miniature fridge was probably the... It took me, like, two and a half full days to make just that, and it has, like, a little blue light in it, and the door opens and stuff, but it was just such a bitch to get it to look the way I wanted to, and it kept falling apart, <laughs> and, like, I was like, I should just start over... But then I'd gone too far and I didn't want to start over, you know, as you're in that headspace and like it was it was intense. <laughs> I think I like I totally understand the appeal of having something that is having an activity that is this immersive that you're having to pay this much attention to, particularly given the kind of state of the world over the last year and a half. But I am curious, how, like you're building new skills how much of this is about like building new skills versus kind of like reveling in nostalgia to a certain extent? Cause you're building a comedy club as you can't go to comedy. Yeah. And this inter- and this, you know, starts with the idea of this old dollhouse and the idea that you will complete this. Like where, what is the line between kind of nostalgia and new skills sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a huge amount of nostalgia and like also control. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, I've never owned my own house. I, I you know, I, I feel I have a really conf- conflicted relationship with comedy clubs. And so to be able to control what it looks like and make it the way I want it, but also comment on it at the same time was really like yeah. the comedy club project was like transformative. Like I, I feel like I've come on the other side of something artistically and it's like changing the way I think about how I'm even going to do stand up. Uh, and you know, you're sitting here working on something and so you're thinking about it as you do it. So it becomes very meditative and you're contemplating all of it. And, 
Um, I got a lot of really emotional, not just people having emotional responses, comedians seeing it and feeling nostalgia. Some were like, I'm triggered. Like they were like, I'm having Mm. PTSD from looking at that. And like, yeah, from comedians, I like really respect, you know, and, and that's why I, in miniature, I don't like it. I don't love when people put dolls in or figures in the setting because, um, I like to one, not see some, cause miniature dolls don't look real. Like it's really hard. Right. Although they are getting better with like the action figure people are like making miniature, they make action figures that look like so real. Um, like the features and stuff, but I like them empty because you can then project your own experience into it and imagine right. yourself in it. And so I was getting a lot of that type of feedback from people. And when things are tiny, it's, delightful inherently it's funny inherently uh and so there was just a lot there and i'm like trying to figure out what i can do with it now like is Mm. there a way to use the miniature comedy club in some way beyond just showing it to to people online so yeah i mean the 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 green room is like in particular getting me because it's just like that's what a lot of people were like oh my god the green room like i can't everyone's Goes that looks like, and they'll say whatever club they associate with in their head. Right. I just looked at it. I'm like, that's the DC improv. Yeah, I've heard DC improv. <laughs> you know, I've heard uh, comedy attic vibes slightly. I was thinking of all different types of clubs when I was building it. You know, but it really mm-hmm. was uh, like, what are those universal elements of a green room? And um, I tried to include all those things in there. There's a phone plugged in. <laughs> I think that was the moment when I was just like, oh, every green room I've ever been in, someone has a yeah, phone plugged yeah. in. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. You're it's, out on stage. You, yeah. got, you got a charger going. Um, but yeah, I think um, some people made jokes about like, it's too clean. <laughs> um, and I said, you know, if you look at the walls, this is a comedy club frequented by women (laughs) so yeah it's a it's in a better shape (laughs) (laughs) yeah so one of the first questions i had you just started to touch on this was just like you know there's that old saying about writing which is like people hate to write but they love to have written um i'm curious about the process here because it does seem so immersive but then when you get on the other side you are getting all this feedback but then you have this this thing and i'm curious kind of like what is the what is the process versus the completion feel like well i've always been a process person uh in in hobbies and stuff like i love making things and then i just don't want it anymore i give it to people or sell it um but this Mm. i was always intending to at first i was like i'll just i want to put it on the on the bookshelf and it'd be a little thing on the bookshelf that people can see when they come over, I can look at whenever I want. But then, you know, as I started to work on it more and I thought, God, I love this so much. I wonder if there's a way to use it in a live performance setting with like a projector or something or a puppet in there. I don't know. And I've now I've gotten all kinds of people coming at me with ideas of what I should do with it. That, so there's a lot of options, but, um, you know, there's stop motion animation. There's using it as a right. green screen situation and putting like real a real person in there. Um, but I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm still. I needed a break. 
I, I finding that I, I like go <laughs> so deep into stuff and I've always been this way. And then I'll have a period of like two or three weeks of really feeling unable to do much of anything creatively. Um, mm. And I always think, well, then I'll never do anything cool like that again. I'll, I'll, that's what like the anxiety will say, like, you're, that was it. You'll never do anything interesting or creative again. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> and then I've learned to trust and go, it, it'll come back. You just needed a break. Like mm. you don't have to always be so intensely focused on something. <laughs> so this is not my initial feeling, but I am curious if anyone looked at this. I mean, I guess you said a few people were triggered. I am curious if anybody looked in this and they're like, this freaks me out. You know, like hereditary yeah. style yeah. miniatures. Yeah, no, there were some people who were like, this is creepy. Uh, have you seen Hereditary? And I was like, yeah, it's one of my top favorite movies of all time. I love horror. <laughs> like, so I love horror. It's like my favorite genre. And I saw the preview for that movie and I was like, I can tell I'm going to fucking love it. I love it. And so I, I... It was one where I told my husband, I was like, we got to go on opening night. Like, I can't wait. Just, and I need to see it in the movie theater. I need to be in the dark. I'm, I'm ready. We go. I'm so excited. And because good horror movies are not that I love horror, but there's very few really good ones. It's mostly yeah. shit. It's a genre that I think yeah. people dismiss. And so a lot of crap gets made. <laughs> um, and... So we go and like the opening credits is her dollhouses and miniatures. And I'm like, he Scott said he looks over at me and I'm just like, because ah! <laughs> they don't show the miniatures in the preview. And I'm like, there's mm-hmm. dollhouses in this. Like, I'm like, oh my God. And he was like, you were like a little kid, like seeing a dinosaur on the screen or something. Yeah. And, uh, That movie was scary. And I also get mad if a movie's not scary enough. And that movie really scared me. So that was that was like one of the all time great theater experiences yeah. for me too. the ending of that movie, the way that people were reacting really. Yeah, I mean, that. there, there oh. were parts. There was one part that I was like up in the chair like, oh, fuck, because like <laughs> it was a movie that was really good to see in the movie theater because it was so dark. Uh, like yeah. in terms yeah. of the cinematography, there were parts where there's something in the fucking corner and you had to really be looking to see it. And I started, yeah. there's something up there, you know, like, <laughs> and like Scott didn't even see it. And I was like, something you know, and like people, I just love being in a movie theater for a good, scary movie. Cause people are screaming and then laughing. And yes. it's like this great yeah. roller coaster of tension and release and like, Oh, love it. It it would have been great if at one point in the movie she was working on a comedy club and just no one remarked on it. And <laughs> yeah, they just pan past it, don't say anything. And this is a diorama of my daughter getting her head knocked off by a telephone pole, and this is the ha-ha hole. <laughs> Another place where a lot of really scary things have I think one of the main questions that we ask as we start to think about, you know, ranking this activity is what do you think your relationship with miniatures is going to be moving forward? Obviously, you know, we've talked, you're not sure what to do with the things that you've completed, but how 
you know, do you think that you will continue to do miniatures once you are out in the world doing shows regularly, you know, pursuing other hobbies? Um, like what, what place do you think? This I will think hold? it'll still be there. I have, as I briefly mentioned, I'm building a dollhouse now, like my, like, a, a that's a really long-term big project and that will be there. And, and I'm the type of person where when something is out in my space, my living space, like it's on my back, like, a, like I got to get this done because we got to get this out of here mm. and I'll replace it with something else right away. But, but, uh, <laughs> like projects, you know, my, my husband will be like, we got to clean up this mess. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I, then I try to get things done. But, um, the goal is one day to have like my own crafting room. Mm. So right now I'm just working like in the middle of our, we have like one living area. <laughs> and, like, um, but yeah, I'll keep doing it. Um, I do over the years, I'll go through periods of being really intently focused on one hobby, one craft. Um, cross stitch and embroidery was what it was before the miniatures took over. But this one is really satisfying in that it involves a lot of different skills and the possibilities are endless. Like it's very mm. open-ended because um, you can make anything in miniature. And so I'm always yeah. going to be wanting to try something new and different, probably. Um, so I don't think this one's going anywhere. And um, it's the kind of thing you can go back and keep working on it, take breaks. Um, and especially if I, you know, because it has delighted so many people online that I'm like, now I got to feed the beast. Yeah. <laughs> they want more. Give the people what they want. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, exactly. that, that is one of the things that uh, that seems very appealing about it, that you like, with the comedy club, it's like you start with this idea that's like, okay, there's a comedy club, but then like, get all the additional ideas that you can, that you were able to come up with while thinking on that, uh, on that concept, yeah. like, seems like a really satisfying thing to work through. Yeah, it was. And like, I have a, a doll that's really fucked up looking. It's like from when I was a kid. And she's the owner, you know, and I'm starting to work on her character <laughs> a little bit. Like her name is like, oh, what did I call her? Teensy, <laughs> Teensy Smalls. <laughs> and it's like the, the, the comedy store had Mitzi Shore. And okay. then yeah. the comedy seller in New York has Esty is the name of the mm -hmm. like booker at the comedy cellar. And she's like a legendary name that goes around comedy circles. And so I was like, teensy. <laughs> it's the perfect teensy. name. It's perfect. And she's <laughs> like, I I've already done like some of her, you know, quotes or like people ask me, you know, <laughs> what goes into booking shows. And I just funny is funny. <laughs> people ask me, why aren't there more men? Well, funny is funny. I only book the best. And, you know, like, it's just, she's immovable. She's very rigid. And she's like, she's a real stone cold bitch. You know, you got to impress her. And yeah. Uh, so I've been working on like, what if I, I could do like a little video with her or something of her standing in front of a club. I don't know. There's just a million things you can do. So. so David, as we're thinking about putting this on the board, do you have any, what is your first kind of instinct of where this goes? I mean, this is, 
this is near this is near the top i think like this has elements of a lot of things that we've rated pretty highly on this show the first thing that i was thinking about is how like the initial project was something that you've been meaning to get to for a while uh but like suddenly had all this time to to actually deal with the the like the refurbishment of the dollhouse um and then like the fact that you've like expanded so much on your craft during this like i I think i think push pushes this close to the top what do you think james yeah i think i mean this is firmly good for me like so a couple things first the idea of having an immersive activity that you can go as deep as you choose into if you want is something that i have voice that I am a big fan of over and over and over where it's, you know, you can kind of access it at whatever point that you're at. So if you want to do a little bit of it or you can go super deep, that is prime quarantine activity to me. And I think, David, the thing that we have to consider as we're talking about this last thing is like, we in good, we have so many things that people watched. And that was kind of the first thing that we thought about was like, people have watched some bad shit. Let's make a show where we talk about that. But I think that miniatures, you're actually like, you're not just intaking something, you're actually creating something in the same way that feels fulfilling. So for me, this is this, this has to go above some of the shows. Well, of course, I'm going to rank whatever I do as the best of anything, but... (laughs) (laughs) David, I I think this goes above therapy for me. Yeah. Uh, It is therapeutic. I I, I was just thinking that. I was thinking that this goes about on par with communism. (laughs) I think it's slightly above communism for me. I think... Because the thing about communism, as any communist would say, and as Yodoye told us, communism has never been put effectively into practice in miniatures hats (laughs) and in that regard i think it's slightly above a little bit below weed though (laughs) we're gonna keep weed up there i would put my my one one hobby that i did during quarantine that i'd put in bad would be sourdough uh what a nightmare don't do it (laughs) it's a fucking yeah so many people did that is that on there i didn't see but uh, we no. actually haven't gotten to baking yeah, sour- yet. Baking in general, fine, but sourdough is a bitch. It's a it's a living organism, billions of them, in a jar that you have to feed <laughs> and take care of. And to make sourdough bread is like a three-day, I'm not kidding, it's a three-day process. You have to time it so that you don't have to wake up in the middle of the night to like tend to your dough ball. <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that... That's like the definition of quarantine yeah. good is just an activity where you're like, I want three days to, I want to eat up three days uh, getting something that I could buy from the store. Exactly. I actually propose that we do something <laughs> that we've never done before. Um, s- sourdough, making sourdough was such a, an important part of many people's early yeah. quarantine. <laughs> Can we put it on yeah, the board put it, right now? I'll, I'll it, give you the rundown really <laughs> quick of what it is and what it involves. You get a jar. You can make your own sourdough starter. You put flour and water and like some people put a little bit of apple or something else to get it going. And wild yeast goes in there from the air and it all combines and starts growing and bubbling. And it's disgusting at first. Like it smells nasty. It's like I open it up and I'm like, it smells like a freshman girl's dorm in here. Like y'all get fucking monostat. (laughs) like it was nasty yeah and then it like settles down and starts to smell like normal sourdough smell and then you have to like 
you know, then you got to feed it regularly or this gro gross hooch forms on top of it, like this purple liquid. <laughs> and then when you want to make bread, it's like, first you got to wake it up. Then you got to feed it. Then you let it rise. Then you make a little, uh, then you make an auto lease, which is this like, it's this whole fucking thing. You got to get all this equipment you didn't know you needed. You need special types of flour. It was crazy. Now I've pared yeah. it down to just being, I make pizza dough with it. And that's like a, a weekly thing I do. And it's much simpler. It doesn't have all those steps. But I could any day just flush that thing down the drain and I would be fine with it. You're supposed to name it. You have to name it. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. Oh, no. This is my son. He'll be toast someday. Yeah. <laughs> my name, my my starter is called fucking Linda. And, uh, yeah. So would we put sourdough, is it worse than every Saw movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's close. I mean... <laughs> Is quarantine good because, you know, it kept, kept you occupied, gave, gave you something to care for and nurture. Um, but, but it's unnecessarily gross. And yeah. that feels like a Saw movie. And now you can just buy regular yeast uh, at the grocery store. You don't have to be a, a, a pioneer woman anymore. <laughs> so um, Plus, some of the Saw movies have Carrie Elwes in them. And it's always nice to see that guy. <laughs> Okay, well, let's make sure that sour go, sourdough goes deeply into quarantine good. And are we all okay with the miniatures going slightly above communism? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Well, Sarah, where can people find more from you on the internet? Where can they find your miniatures? Um, I post everything I work on on Sarah Schaefer One, which is my Instagram and my Twitter. Same thing. Um, and my talk about, you know, all my hobbies and all the things I'm thinking about on my podcast. And um, uh, it's been fun to share with people. I will say a lot of people now will send me anything miniature they see online. They'll send oh. it to me. And I want to be like, <laughs> you think the algorithm hasn't already shown me this? It's <laughs> Stop sending like, me pictures of Ben yeah. Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> thank you but i've already seen it uh and also that's the wrong scale like people will send me things like, no. <laughs> well you're their you're their bridge into this other world yeah now. they mean well yeah and i i would never want someone to feel that they they shouldn't send me their their miniature thing that i've already seen but yeah well uh thank you for sharing this hobby with us uh david uh where can people find more from you uh on twitter at twitey t-v-e-i-t-e -E. uh and then you can find uh show stuff coming up on my website uh davidtwitey.com what about you james uh i'm at the jam ham uh you can also find my shows there on my twitter page uh, but we're here every week with a new guest talking about new quarantine activities uh thanks to sarah, sarah schaefer thank you guys Quarantine Good is produced by Katie Gresset Diaz. Katie is also our audio engineer. Quarantine Good is part of the Authentic Podcast Network. You can like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we will talk to you next week.